What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Green Otaku Council podcast. As always, I am Ace. And I'm McMillian. And we're back for another episode. As always, if you want to be a part of the council and join us every week, then make sure to hit that subscribe button as well as follow us on our social media accounts to make sure you can get all the updates from the council. And with that being said, the council is now in session. <sighs> so we got a lot. We got a lot. A lot to talk about today, McMillian. Oh, we have a lot to talk about today. <laughs> a lot to talk about today. There's so much so, to talk about. Yeah, see. So, we're going to switch up the order a little bit today, everybody. We're going to start off the show with 86 today. We're going to be doing 86 episode 19, Stay This Way Forever. And we're going to start off with um, one of our first topic for the day we have is the Morpho. So, um, as everybody know. 86 went on their next suicide mission to go and destroy the mofo and this episode was basically the start of that mission well not the start of that mission the continuation of that mission i should say mm-hmm. so they actually they finally made it to the mofo today guys um so first things first what i want to say about the mofo is that that mug is bigger than what i thought oh, it was going to be so- like like i knew it was supposed to be big but that thing is way bigger than I thought it was supposed to be. So much. Oh, okay. You know what? You brought it up. I When I saw this thing, I thought it was the size of a train. It was so much larger than a train. It was a Boeing 747 with a cannon on the back of it. That's what this thing was. And I was like, they're dead. There's no way. There's yeah, no way. Like possible. you said, I'm thinking this mode is about, you know, at least... Not maybe not like an average train, but you know, probably a little bit bigger than you know your average train or something like that. They pull up on it while it's just chilling, and I'm just like, this thing is is huge. And then it shows his cannon. I'm like, that cannon is even huger. Like, what is going? What are we I, doing here? I was when I saw the cannon, I was like, I am surprised the base survived. I'm surprised we are even at this episode. Now that I see what Correct. shot them, oh, this is Correct. ridiculous. Yeah. So the the freaking thing is huge. And then on top of it, they pulled an okie doke on us this oh, episode yeah. where apparently that not only did they make one of these motherfuckers, they made two of these motherfuckers. Dos. Two. <laughs> they made two of Dos. them. And one of them has wings. And okay, yes. Sorry. That's, that's what the topic I, didn't mean I wanted to brought up too. I didn't mean now, to that, take away your thunder, but I was just like, No, that's fine. This motherfucker has wings. Why? You guys said this was a train-based legion. Nobody said anything about wings in the report. This was not in the report at all. Wings was not in now, the report. Now, luckily, if you've seen that, you watch, if you watch the episode, you know it doesn't fly or it didn't it, fly at least no, this episode. Nah, forget what you're talking about. That motherfucker fly. They think it flies. I, I hope I. I feel like I know it flies. I just hope it doesn't really. Listen, you don't put wings <laughs> on the back of a giant legion. And not wanted to fly. We're screwed. We're screwed, y'all. <laughs> and not wanted to fly. Though it we- did not fly this episode, I just don't think those wings were for artistic purposes. <laughs> I just... <laughs> to make it look more threatening? <laughs> I just don't see it. They can't be for artistic purposes uh-huh. only. Because if it is, then... I mean, it looks cool, by all means. Yeah, you know, it, it does, does look cool. Does. But however, I just don't think they're just there for sure. And hats off to the design team. Y'all did yourselves. Because that thing was... Yeah, no. It looked as threatening yeah. as it needed to be. Yeah. And so, it, it, it's... Oh, my God. There's, it's massive. Yeah. It has wings. 
Um, didn't fly. Pretty sure it can though. And as it, well as the cannon, it. You know, we talked about how huge the cannon is on itself, but um, we didn't get to see the like him the Morpho shoot the cannon last time when it destroyed the bases, but we actually got to see it fire off this time, and that thing can definitely take off half a city with just one blast. Oh yeah, and it it did take out half it, a city with one blast. blast in this episode. <laughs> the only reason our heroes escaped was thanks to Frederica and her medlet. But man, if. That thing that was a it's like a it's a it basically I mean you've probably seen the episode if you're watching this and if you haven't shame on you, but it's a giant railgun attached to this giant ass legion and I'm just like yo th- this is unfair, this is extremely unfair. Yeah, like I, I don't know how they're gonna come out of this one, y'all. I really yeah, don't. We, we <laughs> went from fighting legion infantries to legion tanks. To even bigger legion tanks, to now we're fighting legion giants that that can apparently fly now. A legion, um, a legion god, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> that can apparently fly now. But um, since you brought up Frederica and how she basically saved um everybody's life because she was there, um, so we were correct on how Frederica did sneak onto the ship, um, because you no, know, she wasn't there to see them off when they did leave to go on their suicide mission. So from that alone, I already knew she snuck on the ship. Mm-hmm. But we got the confirmation today on this episode. That she snuck on the ship. Um, and she hit away. Not surprised in the slightest at all. I mean, I wasn't, you know, like I said, I already knew she was there. Oh, so yeah. when when they finally found her, I wasn't surprised at all. I just thought it was, the, it was so funny uh, the way it happened. Well, one, it was like, oh, I, I'm going, I told Shin basically to move and like that's how they survived. But also later on when they were uh, recuperating from their little skirmish with the Morpho. Fight! You hear Frederica bang her head inside Fido, and Fido is just like starts shaking, and I'm like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> she in the robot!" Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and all the all the places she could she chose to hide, she chose to hide in Fido, which may or may not have been the smartest decision, considering how Fido is on the front line, but not, I guess, at the front of the battle. Though he's you know he's at the back because he's for reserves, yeah, he's and to ammo and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. But even then, I don't. I, I I don't know. I guess Fido may have been one of the safest spots for her to hide at. When I'm thinking about it in retrospect. Oh. But um, so this brings us to our next topic. Since Frederica snuck on to the ship, after all, um, Brayden is the one who's going to be taking her back to base. So with no, with that being said, do you think Raiden is going to make it back to base? I was hoping you wouldn't ask this question. <laughs> We already. I, I still don't know. For one, I, I'm not sure. It's really hard because 86 has no qualms killing off people. It, it really they doesn't. You, we saw it with our boy Eugene. Granted, the death flags were there, but I didn't think it was going to be immediately after. Like, they didn't even show it. It just happened. So, I, I hope not. Like, but at the same time, Raiden is the oldest of them besides Shin. He yeah. is, like, the most adult. This is a basically a double suicide mission now for all of them. I yeah. don't, I don't know if he' gonna be okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what's gonna happen to Raiden and Frederica at this point if they can make it back because they already stated that it's like a, a just a, a field of legion they have to go through even to get back to base at this point. Not only that, but like Shin handed Frederica her gun and. 
and if I know anything about animated, sick, twisted, how it just like turns the situation against itself. So Fred Drinker might just have to end up t- shooting Raiden, which I hope doesn't happen. I really don't. But I mean, trauma, but even if that, but if that yeah. happens, though, technically. Wouldn't she be dead as well, though? Because he's the only one. He's taking her home. So, I mean, if he dies, she technically dies. I I mean, yes, but I just, that's going to be so messed up to watch is all I'm saying. Like, God. Okay, yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. (laughs) Like, it's already. So, yeah, that's, we got to deal with that whole debacle now. So, we got to see if Raiden is going to make it back alive or not. Um. You know, like I said before, I wasn't surprised at all when they found Frederica because I knew she was there. I was just waiting for it for her to show her little head. Mm-hmm. And here she is. And so uh, one of the next topics we had to talk about for 86 was how apparently the Legion is more sentient than we thought, everybody. Yeah. Um, um, few... We got the introduction of a new sentient Legion called the No Face. Yep. We haven't seen or heard of this guy before. This is our first time hearing of him, No Face. This may be the Legion that we heard talking when, I can't remember what episode it was, but the very first episode when the Legion first started their mass attack on all four of the nations. That may oh, be yeah, that. Yeah, I when, forgot about Yeah, that. the Legion that was directing everybody in, like, in, like to all the different directions. That may have been No Face actually leading everybody. So No Face could be, quote unquote, either the the full commander or of all the legions or maybe just one of the commander of all the legions we don't know but this definitely signifies yeah the legions have upper ranks and stuff like that yeah i definitely thought the way it first worked or the legion was like it was some type of like hive mind type unit but now correct with this whole ranking system it seems like they have because we uh in this episode we get a look at um Kyria. Uh, basically as the Morpho talking in his head, um, trying to go after Shin, and he keeps getting orders from No-Face to disengage, don't fight him, disengage. And I'm just like, so they're more than just AI, human-based human-based AI. There there seems to be Correct. some type of hierarchy to it. It's, it's almost like, at this point, they truly merged with the Legion, like the human, the human brains that they took, they actually, you know, they fully merged with the Legion, and now they're human AIs in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um so it's definitely interesting. Yeah, but this to see, to see that. Yeah, but this is I, I just thought it was so interesting like no like there was like a designation. They had roots and then also like apparently Shin has his own nickname to the uh Legion which is like Geralt's or something like that. Uh we'll probably put it in post like exactly what he's called because I don't think we had it. Yeah, cuz I, I can't remember the name, but, remember the name either, but I yeah. It's I'll interesting it just to see how like this is how dangerous Shin into the legion to the fact that they gave this man a designation. Like it's it changed in my mind unless and maybe some of you all as well probably changed like the idea of how we thought of or interpreted the legion because now I'm just like oh they're probably they're 10 times more dangerous than I thought they were because at first I thought they were yeah. just because I mean, but now if they have like a high, like if they have a hierarchy, that means there's a goal at the end of all of this, some way, somehow. Yeah, because from what we you know, first learned, just knew about the Legion is that they was just you know autonomous AI that was just going and just destroying everything, and then the only like little hint of sentient legions that we got before in the earlier days was um Shin's brother, but he wasn't. We didn't get to see Shin's brother like. To this extent, have a, have like a taking orders and stuff, take, and yeah, yeah. having com- like we we kind of saw him have a conversation with Shin, 
But that was like at the point where he was basically about to kill Shin, mm-hmm. though. So, and I, I only thought that that connection was like that because that was actually Shin's yeah. brother. Yeah. So I we, didn't think you know nothing else about that. Yeah, and also you know we we already knew Shin could hear voices. So I, when I was like Correct. when his brother was talking to him, I was more thinking, okay, this is a one sided type thing. This is a like a back and forth. But now I can see, oh, they can have conversations with each other. Correct. That's that's this is it changes everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it changes. Yeah, it changes the entire battle plan. It seems you know all this time that the Legion were not just senselessly out going and destroying everything. There was there were actually more of tactics behind it than we thought. And as Mabillion said, that there may be some type of end. Goal. I mean, I don't know. Maybe their end goal is to turn everybody into a Legion. Because I mean, at this point, you know, they're just going and just messing stuff up at this point so i mean i don't know what other goal they would have other than you know total annihilation Mm -hmm. at this point to be honest with you but um one question i do want to bring up before we end this section of 86 is i'm pretty sure we're coming to the end of season two here for 86 and we have not Yet seeing what the hell is going on in the Republic. Yeah, if our girl is still alive. <laughs> I, we have ooh, not seen what's going on doing there. So what you think, you know, what's happening in the Republic currently? I don't know. I want to, because in my mind, I don't think they would kill her off screen. I really don't. Considering like how much they built her up. I, we got to know her in the first season. And also we know like Shin and all of them actually care about her. A lot, so I Correct. just feel like to kill her off screen would be such a waste. Yeah, no, I, I think they I, did that. I think the fact that we haven't seen them in a long time though means that something is majorly happening in the devil between the Republic and the Legion. Something Correct. big. I'm not sure yeah. what though. If they did end up killing um, Leah, they might do the thing where you know, like they they you know switch to the Republic and we find out Leah's dead, and then they do that whole. Um, backwards no time yeah. oh, yeah. thing to find out what happened to what her led up to it. I, I would hope not that that's the case but you know as we said before i wouldn't put nothing past the creators of 86 and the writers of 86 you know anything is a go in this anime um i wouldn't put net i wouldn't put in the past no, nobody I'm trying to hurt us everybody is a target <laughs> everybody is a target they trying to hurt us i this anime jesus it, huh. yeah but so yeah everybody's a target but other than that this this was a good, this was a good episode. episode. I, I enjoyed it. So um, it's time to rank this this bad boy. I will give it. I'm gonna give it an eight, yeah, and here's why. And here's why. Um, the Morpho is the biggest threat that we have seen so far in the '86 universe. Even even bigger threat because that mug got wings. Um, I don't care what nobody says. It, I don't believe those wings are for show. So that, that's a whole nother threat <laughs> in itself. If that thing can fly, we got some issues. Um, number two, Raiden and Frederica. Are they going to survive? Are they going to make it back home? Um, you know, I, that's just a big what if at this point. And then number three, the Legion itself and how they're more way more sensitive than we thought. You know, it was just a lot. It was a lot of world building done in this episode that i did not expect to be done in this episode um and just the whole fact that the that the legions are you know more sensitive than we thought and like you said it just uh with that being you know being found out now it's just a whole different ball game now they in trouble they in trouble it's just it's just a whole different ball game now so i'll give it a eight 
Okay. Um, I have to agree. I think this is about an eight uh, of an episode. A lot, lot of world building, a lot of groundwork, I think, covered in this episode. Um, the thing I probably would... The thing that's probably missing for me to like bring this up to like a nine or a ten is that while there was like a lot here, nothing made me feel like this is a must watch. Like, granted, I think people need this. If you're a fan of '86, is you definitely should watch this episode simply because like it builds upon things that have already been laid, and you get to see the morpho and its wings and all its terror. But, like, I, I think uh, d- different from, like, the episode where we gave 86 a 10 in, this doesn't illustrate, I feel, I feel like, as much of a threat as, like, the uh, like the how big of a battle the Legion scale was and all that stuff. Like, it, it gives implications for things to come, which is great. And I think that's more so why this is an 8 instead of, like, a 9 or a 10, because it's not... The, the shit has not hit the fan quite yet. Like, we see what they need to take out but we have not seen the ramifications of the battle that might result in i beg to differ i think we're at the point of shit starting to hit the fan it's starting to hit the fan but i'm saying like it hasn't necessarily splattered everywhere i should say like would they still haven't engaged in it fully we haven't seen a full fight with this thing yet and also now we're getting to the point where it's not just a morpho we probably have to be worried about what what is no face how big is he? Yeah, because we don't even know what we don't even know what or the hell he is yeah. at this point. Because if they if they making you know new legions out here, ain't no telling what the no face is. Yeah, so, the, so I didn't I didn't I didn't I did not even think about that. And I'm glad you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, so that's that's what it, I'm saying. The, like I the think no face might be a whole completely different type of legion. I think this is like a very strong eight of an episode. Like this is definitely something you as a viewer of this series probably need to watch. But if I was like. Uh, yo, check out this anime eighty six. I don't. I wouldn't say like this is a titular episode. I'd be like, this is a, a important to the plot. But this is like if you could skip around. I'm not saying you should do that. This is just being a bad viewer. D- but this is one one. I'd be like, start here. <laughs> you know, no part skippers. Yeah, no part skippers. Don't do that. We're gonna have an episode on that. <laughs> but this that's not this episode though. Um, uh, but okay. So we're gonna move on to our next anime we got slated for today. Mushoku Tensei. Episode 21, titled Turning Point 2. And right off the gate, first talk for this episode I want to talk about is how Rudy should have kept his goddamn mouth closed. He should have shut the fuck up. Oh <laughs> my God. Look, 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 like I think the whole. Look, I'm not going to. I'll let you go. I'm, not, let you go. I'm not going to guess go. the demographic of our, of our audience, but I myself. I'm a black man. Alex is a black man. If another person that you don't know walks across you and is like, hey, you know such and such, you don't know them. <laughs> you don't know them. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they do. You, you've never even heard. God? Who? I ain't religious. I'm atheist, actually. That's all you yeah, say. I mean, I'm, I, the whole time, like, okay, so... They, they, they're walking through the snow, whatever. They, they, they come into the cave, and all of a sudden, you just see Rugeard and Frederica just... Eris, not Frederica. Eris. Eris God dang it. We switched. You just see Rugeard and Eris just freeze up. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Oh, snap. You know, what's going on? At that point, I'm just like, okay, why did why can they send somebody that's coming, but Rudy can't send somebody coming? I guess at that point, I was thinking that maybe it was because of their battle sense, but it's also it's, it's probably for this other reason that we're going to talk about later. But um, but yeah, at that point, I was like, okay, that's you no know, a little weird. You know, why can they sense them, but Rudy can't? 
Anyways, you know, we keep fast forwarding. The dude comes into play. Rougier literally told Rudy Not to, move. to don't move, don't say a word. Not a single muscle. You see these guys are basically scared shitless. And what do you decide to do? You decide to turn around and ask this man's questions when you could have just let him keep on walking? After, after viewing, they, they had an ox with them. This ox, the moment that this dude crossed them. I don't even know. Well, it might have been before that he crossed them. But the moment this dude gets like invisible view of them, this ox high tail commits straight suicide. Just runs off. It was so shockingly brutal. I was. It just <laughs> ran in swan dived. Perfect ten. I. So like the whole time, I'm just sitting here like Rudy, read the room. What like what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Like what are you doing? <laughs> Like he, this, I, if 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 there was ever a time out, I, I got pissed off at Rudy. It was this time right here because I don't know what the hell he was doing. I, I, he's smart. He's show, in my opinion, he's shown to be smarter than this. And this was such like a, I'm the a curiosity killed the cat moment because it literally killed him. <laughs> literally, quite literally, murdered the f out of him. It was ridiculous, ridiculous. But um, uh, so yeah, that. And if you wonder who we're talking about, if if you may or may not, if you've seen the episode or not, we're basically we're talking about the Dragon God. So we got the appearance, the second appearance of the Dragon God. So as I stated, either last episode or episode before that was that that the man we saw in Turning Point One, who was surrounded by all those dragons, was in fact the the Dragon God. So I was on point with that. Um, yay me. Um, but yeah, so we got the appearance of the dragon god, and from the words of the man god himself, he is apparently the strongest being in the Mushoku Tensei universe. So strong that without the, we're gonna touch on the uh, the things that make him weaker later. But he is so strong without the limiters that are placed on him, he could destroy the world that they inhabit currently by Correct. himself. And at this point. I just, how do you, it's just like, how do you, I, I hope, well, ain't no hope. I'm pretty sure from the encounter, okay, I guess I'll start from here. So it seems like the Dragon God may have the power to look into the future, or he has the power, the same powers that Man Guys does as he, as he can kind of like see everybody and see like what's going on and kind of peer into everybody's future. One of, one of the two, yeah, one because, of those uh, two the, things, the, something along those lines. The thing that got Rudy in trouble when he's running his mouth is he, uh, Orn, Ornstead, Orstead, right? Yes, Orstead, Orsted, Dragon God, Orstead. Orstead, the Dragon God, um, had regarded Rudyard and Eris. Uh, when Rugier had, I think Rugier had asked him something or basically made, a, uh, they were talking. Um, and Orsted knew their names, even though they had never met before. And Rudy was like, do you know them? Or he was like, not yet. And, but then he, the Orsted before leaving after Rudy asked this question, he was like, hold up. What's your name? Who are you? Who, who? And basically Rudy gives a whole spiel. He's like, no, that doesn't make sense. You shouldn't even exist. Your father only has two daughters. I don't know. And then that's when Orsted is like, do you know the man God? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, he appears to be in my dream. And then immediately runs the fade. Immediately. Does not let him get the words out. Just immediately runs the fade. Whoops. Rougiered and Eris' ass and then proceeds to 
kill. Well, yeah. So basically, basically, if I can compare the ass whooping that Rugier got, it was basically the same type of ass whooping that Dendos gave Hulk in Infinity War. Oh, he shut him down. So he let him get like. off a couple. Yeah, he let him get off a couple good licks. With oh, he oh, it was sad. It, it, yeah, he, he got tore up. Eris couldn't do nothing. Nothing. She couldn't do squat. Eris was just thrown to the side. I didn't expect her to do anything, but she was just thrown to the side. And Rudius, Rudius got killed. Um, quite literally, he got killed. Um, but he got saved, which we'll get to later on. But um, Rudy ended up getting killed in this episode. Didn't see that coming. And then we have the whole talk about after Rudy dies, he goes and sees the man god again. And it's very- which brings me to my next point right here. The man god is up to something. I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. The man god is up to something. Right. Because why did the dragon god just attack Rudy all of a sudden? Because he he called him an apostle of the man god. Um, I don't know what the man god did. I don't know what he done, what he's trying to do. But apparently, the dragon god don't like him. Look, um, and you know, with that being said, that lets <clears throat> me know that he is up to something. He, he done did something before, and he's up to something else. Look, guys, look. I don't know if you've ever seen the Boondocks, but I'm gonna just reiterate this thing that was asked in Boondocks. You, what the fuck did he do to make that nigga that mad? Because the to to kill children, you got it. That's a special type of anger right there. Special type. I oh. I really, I don't, like, I, last episode, if you listened, I was like, you know, the man guy's been leading Rudy straight so far. I don't see no reason to doubt him now. I have every reason now. Because I'm just <laughs> like, what did, something happen? Like, in Mishu, and, and granted, you could probably be like, oh, McMillian, you know, he's just the antagonist. No, the way Mashuko's written, it's too well laid out for it just to be simply, simply good versus evil, in my opinion. I Correct. something had to have happened for him to get that upset, and I'm Correct. very interested in seeing what the it yep. was. And um, also during when Rudy was having his conversation with the main god, um, the main god also dropped another world building topic in in today's episode. We also in today's episode we got the the introduction of cursed children. Um, last episode. Or the episode before that, can't exactly remember which one it was. We got the introduction of blessed children. And in this episode, we got the introduction of cursed children. So, inside the world of Bushoku Tensei, apparently there are blessed children and cursed children. With blessed children being born with incredible gifts. And cursed children being, you know, just that. They're born with cursed on them. Yeah, but it seems like, well, uh, not to cut you off, but it seems like based on how the manga described the people who are born with curses... That it's placed on extremely strong individuals anyway, like people who have like really strong, like because we find out Orsted is one of these cursed children, and the, his curses are there really to limit him being as strong as he potentially could be. We found that uh, it, apparently it was the same with like Lap, the demon god Lapless. So, Correct. like, it's kind of crazy that you have two opposite ends of the spectrum where you have people who are blessed enough to be like ridiculous, have ridiculous powers, but not strong enough to be cursed. And you got people who aren't blessed, but they are ridiculous. They're meant to be so strong that they have to be put cursed on. Like, do you, can you even fathom like being born with like the, like, oh, you can't like use all the full range of your hand because if you could, you destroy the world. Like, that'd be ridiculous. 
That's it's a. I'm sorry for the random like the random comparison, but I couldn't think of anything else. I was just like, <laughs> like I can't make a fist, but if I could, all oh, the world would be dead. Like that's insane. <laughs> like ooh, if I could, if I could ball ooh, my fist I right ball now, my, I can only get this much. But if I could, uh, so <laughs> apparently the dragon god has multiple curses, but the one curse we did learn about today was that he has a curse where every living creature is hated and feared by him. And apparently, um, the reason why it did not affect Rudius was because he's from another world. Or at least that's the and working so, theory. At least, yeah, that's the working because theory. Because the man right guy now, didn't seem even sure about that when he said it. But. Correct. So that, that you know, that's the working theory right now. And which brings us back to the point of earlier is that's the reason why um Rugeard and Eris was froze up was because they you know, because of um, the Dragon God's curse, they feared him. You know, instantly when they probably when they you know probably it probably works as you know as soon as you get a certain distance close to me, you know, the fear sets in because they couldn't even see him before they you know started getting yeah, scared. They just, and Rudy was like, "What?" Because yeah, uh, in the episode when it happens, Rudy's just like, "What are y'all doing?" There's none yeah. there, and they froze like completely froze. Even I was like. I, I just thought, like how Ace said, I thought it was like, you know, the anime trope. Oh, I can sense this guy's killing intent. I thought that's what it was about to be. Uh, and I thought that just, uh, that Rudy, that Rugeard and Eris could sense it because they're, they're warriors. warriors. I thought that, I thought yeah. it was the only thing. And it turns out, no, he's just so, his curse is to make, one of his curses is to make people afraid of him. Yeah. Which apparently, so which apparently Laplace also had, and it's and that's why the super have it because he passed his curse to the spears. But we got to find out that that's not, um, that's slowly going away. One good news out of this. Yeah, one good. I'm, no, and I'm Plus, glad you brought that up. So yeah, at least no one 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 small piece of good news that we did get from this episode, which is also during the um the man God's conversation with Rudy, is apparently the the curse that was placed on Rugier. Is also slowly going away, and the reason is because get because he cut his hey, hair. I what? And apparently, Laplace also had green hair. I <laughs> I love Mashuka. I really do. That was just weird. <laughs> I <laughs> so funny. Oh, this anime's after all these years of Rugia struggling with this curse. All he had to do was, was cut just cut his, his hair, hair, cut his hair, and act like a good person. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I mean, Rudy, I think, if not mistaken, um, the man got also said Rugier, not Rugier, Rudy also had a small plate yeah. and also breaking the um the curse as well. But um, it's still just wild to me that also part of the reason why the curse is slowly being breaking is also because he cut his hair. It's just it's just like, OK, um, weird thing to bring up. But, you know, I'm going to let you have it. You got it. You know, I'm not going to argue with you, you on that. Whatever. You know, this is your world. I'm, <laughs> I'm just living exactly. in. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I'm enjoying watching. I'm along for the ride. I'm along. So, and then now, I'm going to come into one of the last topics is um, Rudy's death. So, at the end of this whole debacle, Rudy gets straight up killed by the Dragon God, which which um allowed Rudy to go and you know have his whole little conversation with the man with um not the man God. Rudy, I'm sorry. Rudy gets killed by the Dragon God, which then allows Rudy to go have his conversation with the man God. There we go. Um, the only reason that Rudy is alive and we're still is because continue. <laughs> yeah, it's because of the person that was traveling with the Dragon God, which is a female name 
Nanahoshi. Yeah, we don't know what she said to him, but she said something to Orsted that, that made him cast healing magic on Rudy in order to save his life. Or slash probably bring him back from dead. Because, I mean, at that point, Rudy was basically Oh, yeah, dead. no, he was gone. He was packed um, up. So, what, what, what do you think she could have possibly said to make him heal Rudy? I... I don't know because I don't. We don't know that woman. We don't even know what she looks like. We just know that she travel. She's traveling Orsted right now for X reason. What I can you know what? guess is that possibly we we did not see her either when they first introduced the Dragon God. She was not with. Yeah, him. no. When yeah, when he first showed up in the series for Turning Point One, she was not. I don't think we saw a, a glimpse of her. But one thing that I think might. Um, that she could have said, I, only because this is plays into the whole he can see the future aspect is maybe that Rudy might one day realize that him and the man god should not be working together and that Rudy could possibly potentially be a powerful ally to Orsted, considering he's not affected by his curse or anything like that. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm just speculating, like I'm spitballing here, but that's as that's the only thing in my mind that even makes remotely sense of why this dude who yeah. didn't even let Rudy get a sentence, out, like barely get a sentence out and immediately kill him, why he would even consider reviving him. I think if I had to take a guess, it might be um, something to do with Demon God Lapless because um, during their fight, Rudy, you know, let off one of this huge blast we ain't never seen him use before. And the Dragon God Orsted, he makes this statement that oh, his that, yeah. magic might be on Probably par with um, Demon God Lapis. Um, I don't know if, well, with that being said, I'm pretty sure at some point we'll see Rudy get to fight the Demon God Lapis, which is you know, which also brings back to another point is the Mana Disaster was probably to break the lease, not the lease, the um, the seal on the Demon God Lapis. Um, but if if anything, it might have something to do with that. Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe because at this we, we don't know what the hell Orsted is doing at this point. Um he's traveling the world. We don't know why. We don't know what for. Um he's just going around messing people up apparently. I yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what she could have yeah. With all that I don't know what she could have said. It could like you said, it could have been that and that's I mean, I even think yours could blend into mine, like 'cause like I said, Rudy could end up being a powerful ally to Orsted, so maybe he reconsidered killing him. Also, one more, before I forget, one more thing I do want to touch upon, um, Orsted, how he said Rudy was an apostle of the man-god. With that being said, that, you know, that inclines that the man-god was also in in contact with other people other than just Rudy. Oh, does, Um, you know what, I guess because he did say apostle, and apostles are usually followers of a deity. Yeah, I guess that would mean that there could potentially be more people other than him, Rudy, who's got reincarnated in this world by the Vanguard. Oh, so do you think they're more reincarnated people? I was just thinking that it could just be more people that oh, he's I mean, I, leading on for whatever reason, like he's doing Rudy. But I didn't think about the fact that it could be more reincarnated uh, The people. only thing that made me think it could be more reincarnated people is because Rudy himself is a reincarnated person. But you're not wrong. It could just be simply people who lived in this world and follow him. Okay. I, huh. There's a lot. There's a lot, y'all. This episode gave us a lot to yeah. talk about. And then, because now it, it gets me thinking: Is the man god one of the seven, you know, powers of this? Not seven. I guess is that what they call them? Seven. seven the seven strongest strengths in this world. I, I can't remember the exact title they I gave. I think it was but, like the seven heaven, seven great powers. I think is what they're 
Yeah, um, something like that. Is the man god actually one of them? He's not listed. He just he's not like guys as a different name. Maybe I don't know. He's not listed. He seems like he's like a, a deity altogether. Like the seven great powers seem like they are they're people that are like extremely strong of the different races and that fall under like these titles. While the man god seems like he's in other world daily, but maybe you're maybe he was a person at one point and something happened. It's a lot. Like I, I'm the fact that Orsted and him seem to have a huge confrontation or something going on makes me think that it it could be a myriad of things. I mean, because the the only reason why I X that is because the seven powers of the world they all have the title God. of God yeah. in their name. I just and so that's the only thing that you know makes me X that question. I was just thinking of like how it was how like they rank their thing like. Uh, for instance, well, yeah, Roxy. we know it's part of the ranking as well, but I'm, all I'm saying is that, you know, the man god also has technically that, that rank as well. So it was just maybe like, I don't know, maybe he's, he either is just a person that also achieved the god rank or he's, you know, one of the or maybe just seven a, powers, yeah. maybe just like guys as a different name or something because it's, I, I don't possible. know. I mean, you know, you bring up good points. I just, I, at this point, I don't know. There's so, there was, there's so much it could be. He could simply be a deity. Or he could be a dude who what got Godhood, fought Orsted, and then that's how some stuff ended up being the way it is now. It's just that right now we have legitimately no answers to no. any of this. We just have like hanging questions, and we can speculate about them all day. But I, I'm there's so much little information we got about Orsted other than like his rank, his other than who he is, and him and the man God have beef, and that is why he fought, decided to kill Rudy in the first place. Other than that, I, I with, with such little things, it's hard for me to like come up with a theory of who the man guy could be, other than just like or some an enemy of Orsted, and that he did something messed up to him a long time ago, maybe. But other than that, I I honestly don't know who he could be. Yeah. Um. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. He's like a he's up to something. I don't I don't know what, but I agree. Man, God is up to something. I agree. You don't and, get um, is, a man does not get that mad for nothing. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Rudy interacts with the main guy from this point on. Um, it seems like he doesn't have any, I guess, hatred towards him or nothing because, you know, the main guy explained how he couldn't see the dragon guy because he just can't see anything dealing with the dragon guy for whatever reason. And so that's why he didn't warn Rudy about him. So when, you know, when he also, you know, when he gave the explanation and stuff like that, Rudy was like, okay, you know, I guess, you know, that makes sense. So I, you know, I'm not gonna blame you for that, yeah, but like, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how they um, interact from now on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many. I, I'm assuming based on the fact that it's almost up to like 24, 20. It's like 21. This is episode 21, and normally animes have at least of like either 24 or 26 episodes in a season. We're getting so 24, anywhere from 24 26, to 26. Yeah, so yeah, we're getting so close to that mark right now. I don't. I'm so upset because I feel like we need. We're not gonna get the answers we want. By that time. I mean, uh, I mean, of course not. We're not going to get all the answers because I'm pretty sure, like, as critical as all the success, you know, Mashoka has begun and stuff, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a season two. If so. not, Funimation is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's going to be a season two. But um, with that being said, it's time to rank this bad boy. So what would you give this episode of Mushoku, Tensei? Oh, this is like, y'all, this is. This is a ten. I honestly, in my opinion, you go, you go. Okay, so you go give it a ten. <laughs> the only in the grand scheme of things, I feel like I have to. Okay, and I'll I'll, I'll explain why. 
this leaves so many like threads to what like could lead to Mushuko. Not only that, like we get to finally, we finally get answers on some stuff with the man god himself, like which is I think huge because at first I didn't think we were going to ever. I, I was wondering what or when what was going to tie him into this story because for now, for so far, he's just been like I'm just entertained by you, and just as yeah. Ace has said, that don't seem like that's all you got. Um, not only that, we got to see really good action, which is always great for Mishiko Tensei. Um, uh, great stuff about the characters again. Um, when Rudy's revived and all the stuff with like Ares and stuff like that, we actually get to see kind of like the bond that they have in a non creepy way, which is always good. Um, but I think the overall thing is just like how the implications this has on the stories. This is a much watched episode. Like anyway, I get. Honestly, granted, it would be bad practice to do it, but I can feel like I could sit someone down in front of this episode and they would leave wanting to watch more Mushugo. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Um, for me, I can't, I can't give it a 10, but I'll at least give it, it's either an 8 or a 9 for me, probably a 9. And um, my reasons is because, you know, I got my confirmation today that the man god is truly up to something. We don't know what it is, but he's up to something. I was always suspect of him. And now, you know, my my suspicions just got confirmed today with this episode is also my next point is for reason is that we got the introduction of the dragon god. And now apparently, you know, like what is the dragon god's plan for Rudy at this point now? Because he 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 saved him for a reason. We don't know what that reason is, but he saved him for a reason. So, no. With that being said, we're gonna end up at some point in line. We're gonna end up seeing this guy again. You know, <laughs> no, no, we're gonna end up seeing this guy again. And I'm pretty sure, just like this time, it ain't gonna be a swell meeting. Um, you know, we was probably already gonna see him again just for the fact how he mentioned that how he hasn't he doesn't know Eris and Rugier quite yet. So we was already going to see him again, but now he also has plans for Rudy as well. And so, just like you said, this has implications on the story that's, as a whole. That's why I feel like it's a ten because this this is like you got to for because in my opinion, there's no way that the story remains the same after this episode. Yeah, and then last but not least is we also got the what gives it an eight nine and for me, like I said, just a lot of world world building in this episode. But the introduction of the cursed children that we got. So now you know we got the blessed children. And we got the cursed children now, and just what type of impacts that just them two type of people alone can have on the world of Mushoku Tensei is going to be interesting, especially since you know the Dragon God himself is a cursed child. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see how you know cursed children and blessed children play bigger roles inside the universe. Because even with that being said, you know Broody might be a blessed child. Um, because you know he can do incantationless magic, but the thing so, is, he also has seemed, high magic. It, but I'm, I don't know because it seemed like when him teach when he taught it to Sylphie that anyone could technically do it. It's just they got to wrap their mind their minds around what it is. Maybe, but we don't know that. I mean, for all we know, Sylphie could be a blessed child. You know, you're not wrong. That's a good point. Again, another reason why this is a ten. So much <laughs> it just pushes for it. For all we know, Sylphie could be a blessed child as well. All the things, but um, so all right. And we're going to move on to the last episode we got for today, everybody. And it is finally time. It's here. The wait is over. The Demon Slayer, the real Demon Slayer, season two, episode one. The Sound Hashira, Tengen Uzui. Thank you. There we go. (sighs) You know, um, 
me, I was one of the advocates, you know, saying that we did not need the Mooka Train arc, especially after they lied to us and said that they were not going to adapt the Mooka Train arc because we're going to do the movie for the Mooka Train arc. That's the whole, you know, that was the whole reason we was going to do the movie because they said, quote unquote, it was too short to make a season. But yet they come back right around and do it anyways. But, but anyways. I didn't. I didn't think we needed. I mean, they we got had, it anyway. They had, but to here add, we are. they had to add a whole filler episode. So I guess they were technically right. I don't know personally. Look, y'all. He was a part of the movement. I was leading the movement. I didn't want to <laughs> see the movie again. <laughs> and I'm finally glad that we are here in one of my personal favorite arcs of this story. Correct. It, it's about to be a fun ride, y'all. I swear. All right. So we're gonna um start with our first topic for we got for Demon Slayer here, which is Muzin and Akaza. Um. Also, before we talk about them, though, I, do, I just want to say how when they was doing the intro for this episode and it was showing like the little boy just walking through the streets of the city and stuff like that. The whole time, just like this, better not be Muzin. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny because I was like, this is Muzin. This is they, what's so interesting to me that they, they dragged that out much longer um, than like I thought it was going to be. Like I was like, oh wow, they're like really building up this kid, and then the, the I love Demon Slayer's like subtle subtlety with stuff. He was like, oh, and because um, this kid's get there, this family of this of uh, this adopted child's talking about, like, yeah, it's just you know he has a skin condition where he can't. He's great. He just has a skin condition where he can't go out to the sun. And I was like, what that name. <laughs> Correct. And now, um, I don't want you to confirm or deny this mm-hmm. either. This yep. is just one of my theories. Um, so Muzin, as you was just saying, you know, his parents is you know looking for you know a cure to his skin condition or whatnot or whatever because you know he can't go into the sun. But immediately after that, we find out that Muzin is looking for a certain flower, a blue lily of some sort, and. My theory could be is that he wants this flower to possibly try and cure his quote unquote skincare disease so he can actually go out into the sun, even though he is a demon. Um, that's just my theory. Um, but next up, but getting to the meat of the topic, Muzin and Akaza, and Akaza. So Akaza shows up in front of Muzin and he you know, talks about how, how he basically killed one of the Hashira, you know, mission accomplished or whatnot. And that, you know, I won't let you down, Master Muzin. This man slaps, says, you thought hot killing a Hashira was a, an achievement? And I was just like, it's not an achievement? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like Muzin. Muzin. <laughs> okay. Muzin. Like, I know you got better standards for your um your upper moons, um, Muzin, but God dang. <laughs> like, it's not killing. A- because you were talking mess about how the lower moon were not able to kill a Hashira. And now all of a sudden, killing the Hashira is not an accomplishment. But um, I was just like, okay, well, you know, a little bit of double standards moves. But, I, you know, his reason for that was because he wants all of the Demon Slayer courts to be destroyed. Oh. And not just, you know, one single Hashira. Yeah, Big Boss Muzin says, step your weight up. Step your yeah. weight up. <laughs> I need you to kill all of in, in true In true manager fashion. When you get when you get one job done, they're never satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but also another another thing I do like the I didn't know like I got to see from that scene was you got to see how truly terrifying that Muzin is in his own right because like you know he had Akaza just scared shitless basically quaking um 
And after you know, after we just saw what Akaza just got done doing a to Rengoku, just to see Akaza just in the state of you no know, scaredness himself is just like, yeah, Muzan, he he that he that boy, you know, he don't mess with him, <laughs> he that dude for a reason. So whenever we do get to finally fight Muzan, it, it's gonna be I, it's gonna I, be I just shit. can't wait to see that fight. Now, I can't shit. wait to see that fight. <laughs> but uh, you got anything to say about Akaza and Muzan's interaction? I think um, the way they did this. Uh, it was great. I think uh, it really illustrates just how much of a threat Muzan is, but also how much of a chance encounter Akaza and Rengoku's fight was. Because it wasn't like he sent him there specifically for that. He went, he, he sent Akaza to find blue lilies, uh, blue spider lilies for him. And he just so happened to, in also, Akaza was like, and also Muzan was like, hey, if you can, also in your travels, kill a Hashira, that'd be great. And <laughs> it just so happened that Rengoku was the closest one, and I'm like, this is... it. This is insane. Uh, this is wild. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. This was never supposed to happen, and it just spiraled into that. I was like, this... It was one of those wrong places, wrong, wrong time. time situation. I, man. Which is crazy. Ooh. And, um, so... Yeah, th- th- yeah, that's wild. You know, I, I definitely cannot wait to move when we finally get to the end of Demon Slayer and we get to see the fight between Muzan and whoever. I'm assuming Tanjiro maybe might be a collection of people, but Muzan versus whoever. Um, and um, so moving on to our next topic, kind of two in one, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about Rengoku's family, his his dad and his brother. So, in you know. Just like we seen before, Rengoku's dad was still being a dickhead, you know, as expected. He acted just how we expected him to act, and he really didn't want to, nothing to do with Tanjiro at all when he first showed up to his house to give them news about Rengoku's death, which was, like I said before, you know, not, not surprising at all. But the one, the main thing that came out of that conversation was we got the the introduction of the sun breathing technique, which is apparently that's what Tanjiro's Hinokami Kagura is. Or, and also apparently well, we the gotten, sun breathing. We haven't gotten a confirmation uh-huh. on that yet, that, but that's okay. what Tanjiro's thinking. I don't want to like, Correct. I don't want to say that's exactly what it is because in the episode they, we never, they never confirmed if it was that or not. Correct. But um, but anyways, um, so sun breathing is apparently the origins of all the breath techniques in the Demon Slayer Corpse. Every one of them is the derivative of the sun breathing technique. Mm-hmm. And how he knew that Tanjiro was a quote unquote sun breather technique user was because of Tanjiro's earrings. Mm-hmm. Um, this just you no, know, this just holds open opens up a whole nother can of worms. Like, was Tanjiro's father a Hashira? Was he a Demon Slayer at one point? Um. And apparently, was he the uh, a sun breather, you know, holder as well? Mm. Um, and then it also brings up another point on why Muzan is why Muzan said that Tanjiro was a threat to him it was because he was a holder of the sun breathing technique. Because yeah, he, he Hana- apparently Muzan Mu, apparently Muzan also knew what the earrings represented. Yeah. Like we never knew what the earrings truly represented, but we got that confirmation today. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely interesting. Yeah, no, this has um, and, serious implications moving forward because now we're gonna figure. Now we're trying to figure out, like, well, I at least in my mind, because it's like, how the hell do we master sun breathing? Should we teach everyone sun breathing, or is it just gonna need to be one person? Like, correct. Well, what's gonna um, What's gonna be the implications of this moving forward? Because this is huge. Yeah, 
so also with that, um, also, you know, the whole interaction between Rengoku's dad and brother in Tanjiro. Um, we all know that Tanjiro, he went there for two reasons. One, to deliver Rengoku's message to his family. And then two, look at the Flame Hashira's Chronicles book. Um, so Tanjiro did get a chance to get his hands on that said book, but the book was completely torn to shreds and Rengoku's brother think his dad did it, which I'm pretty sure his dad did it as well. Yeah, um, no, the way he was acting. <laughs> yeah, the, the way that man was acting, I went, but I'm pretty I'll sure he did it as well. Yeah, that dude, that dude need to put the bottle down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, so at this point, you know, Tanjiro got one of his missions accomplished for going to Rengoku's estate, but he didn't get the other one accomplished, which was learning more about the Hinokami Kagura dance technique and stuff like that. So at this point, we gotta he has to find out another way to learn more about it now, which is definitely going to be interesting to find out how he does that. Because, the I mean, it seems to me that, the you know, that the Flame Hostage book was that one way. Yeah, that one and if there is another way... It may have something to do. I'm pretty sure it's going to have something to do with his father. If there is another way to learn more about the technique, it'll end up probably have something to do more with his father. So maybe Tanjiro might go home at one point to look for clues or something. I don't I don't know. But um, I'm just spitballing here. I, I just wanted, I, and I also want to say, me, I have not read the manga. I'm totally spitballing here. This guy, on the other hand, he, is, he did read the manga. So that's why he's not saying as much because he doesn't want to spoil everybody sorry guys so um like i said i'm gonna keep him in check <laughs> so it's gonna be no spoilers hopefully if i can keep him in check um but yeah um so moving on to the next topic that i wanted to touch on was yeah we could talk about this um i was right in the little time skip that they did that they was gonna do um no, it was standard Demon Slayer stuff, how they do stuff in this show. You know, after a battle, if, if somebody's majorly hurt, they got to rest up and heal. And, you know, of course, you know, healing actually takes time. They don't you know they're regular humans, so they can't just heal automatically. You know, and it actually takes, you know, months and stuff like that for them to gain their strength back. And that's again. something I really enjoy, honestly, about Demon Slayer as a series is most of the time when, especially anime has this problem a lot. Where they a character will go through a battle that should put them at least in a hospital for a while, and they're just like, "I'm good. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm good." Yeah, like, yeah, I'm good. So no, I agree with you. That is definitely one thing I do agree with with you on that. Because like, you know, their fights have repercussions. This is not like you know, if they break an arm or something like that. It's not like, oh, we're going to see these mugs back out in the field the next day. Oh, no. Like, you going to the hospital. You finna go sit your butt down for a hot minute and rest and heal. Like, this is this is real. We're humans. Like, if you break an arm, you're going to have to let that thing heal. And so, you know, they went on the time. It, just, it, was a, it wasn't a big one. Just a four-month time skip for everybody to heal up and get back out into action and, yeah, they, you know, uh, doing their Demon Slayer activities. Yeah, they showed them all training. Uh, Zenitsu, Inosuke, and Tanjiro all got, well, I don't know. If, well, I'll say they got, I'm assuming they got stronger because most of the time after, in their training arcs, they seem to get stronger because uh, after Correct. they got healed up and they started training, each of them started going on their own individual missions. Even Zenitsu himself uh, well, I mean, well, once you bring that up, because you would assume that they have to get stronger because, I mean, part of their 
regiment of you know getting better while they're at the butterfly mansion is actual training so i mean you just even by just the actual training that they do just to get back up and you know healthy and stuff you you ought to think that it actually does make them a little bit yeah you're not wrong in that regard i was just saying like i think uh something of note or big note is just to see that they were all starting to go on their own solo missions because as we know no correct yeah no i agree after they met up with each other they immediately started working together on like missions that they were all sent on such as like the one for the you know the spider forest and then Mm -hmm. uh the mugen train itself and then we actually got a glimpse of uh them all well not all of them but we got mention of in those games and it's to uh going off on missions of their own and even zenitsu who as we know normally didn't would whine about it he apparently stops now one now one filler episode that I would not mind watching is like one of their so, Inosuke's and Zenitsu solo mission. So you want to know something interesting, and this will I mean this is basically going to remove it from well not remove it from my docket, but it's going to like mm-hmm. I can talk about it. So in the manga, and I'm not going to do this a lot unless I notice the difference. So this mm-hmm. was a very small, but I feel like a very nice difference that they did. Um, in the manga, the solo mission that Tanjiro goes on that we saw in the anime today. Uh, mm-hmm. That's nowhere in the story. It's interesting. They mentioned that they uh, it, just like in the in the anime, they mentioned that they each start going on their own singular missions up until you know the end of this episode where they basically get recruited. Uh, they, but they just mentioned that they don't show it, and I thought it okay. was a nice touch to show Tanjiro go out and do his own solo mission to show that he still. Uh, up to up to par as a demon slayer. I thought that was just a like really nice little small touch. Other than that, okay. though, this is verbatim the manga. But I okay. thought that was yeah. a, a nice small change they added to this. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's definitely nice to know. Um, but yeah, like I was saying before, you know, one filler episode that I definitely wouldn't mind would be seeing Inesco and Zesu one of their solo missions mm-hmm. that they went on because I'm interested to see. It's you know specifically Zenitsu. How does he fight on his own now when he's in a solo mission? Like, is he does he is he still going to sleep for everything and stuff like that? No, it's just going to be interesting. It's just be interesting to see. What I'm wondering now is is, is if if he does because I know that's like his gimmick is like falling asleep. I wonder if it's like partial now or something like that because I still feel like he's he's still obviously scared, uh, still scared boys in it too. But Correct. but it seems. But I wonder if it's like a partial like unconscious state. Like he he's a he might be like. Not seeing everything, but he's at least aware of what's happening. I, th- I wonder if that's the case. Correct. Yeah, something like that. So, and then one topic before we get to the last topic, which is the sound high street. But one topic I want to touch on before that is, um, <laughs> so I mentioned in the last episode that um, Tanjiro, you know, he does, he no longer has his sword anymore. He's gonna have to get another <laughs> yeah. one made again. And in and in true fashion, here comes Hagazuka. <laughs> showing up this episode to terrorize Tanjiro because he lost his sword again. Now that whole sequence was just funny as hell to me. Oh like I knew God. I knew it was gonna happen and I was just waiting for it to happen and I'm glad I got it. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> the, every time Haganazuka uh, Haga, shows up, uh it's a riot. I the man is hilarious. And in true fashion, he does not want you messing up his swords. He worked hard he worked goddamn hard on those, okay? <laughs> that he did. And it is just, I don't know. I I, I think uh, Demon Slayer does an amazing job of balancing like that dark and light levelty to it. Like you know, this mm-hmm. these are serious situations, but they does a good job of mixing in that comedy because the when uh, Hana, uh, I'm just calling Hana for short. 
Uh, okay. Hana, uh, when Hana shows up, it's immediately after Tanjo deals with delivering the message to Rengoku's father and his brother, which is a super like somber moment because, as you know, it's like it, delivering bad news about a loved one is always hard. So it's not like this was like some like super like this is like very low emotional like this is like sad and then immediately they were able to flip it around and make this comedy part and i just really adore that about this series yeah i agree like i said i knew i knew that man was gonna pop up sooner or later and <laughs> i'm just glad i got it because it was just hilarious. i love the fact i also love the fact that they had to run interference on him to get tundra in the house <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> she had to open up the side door she's like get get, get it <laughs> yeah like I said, that, that whole scene was just hilarious like i didn't know because when he first appears in the show i'm thinking it's a um i thought it was a demon i'm gonna be straight up with you when he first appears in front of tajiro i thought it was a demon but then you know they zoomed in on his face and i'm like oh shit there you go, there you, go. <laughs> can't there you, go. you can't escape him. <laughs> but uh okay so we're gonna move on to our last topic we got for today, for um, for Demon Slayer, which is the sound high store himself, um, Tengen Uzui. Um, so he shows up at the Butterfly Mansion to recruit female Demon Slayer Corp members because he needs them for his next mission for whatever reason. Whatever reason, we don't know, but he needs them for his next mission. Um, but instead of him taking the females, some of the females that was at the Butterfly Mansion... Tanjiro and Nosuke and Zenitsu, they said, you know, instead of taking them, take us, we'll go on the mission well, with that's you actually instead, what, that's, in their place. That's actually not hmm? what happened. <laughs> that's actually not what happened. So what happened was, Tangu tries to take these women, and not and, and not by asking them. He just, just like, I'm going to need y'all. Come with me. Um, I mean... Wait, no, no, wait. I, 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 and Nosuke, Tanjiro, and Zenitsu show up and like, hey, stop it. Put them down. Uh, they they don't want to uh, and, and so he puts one of the girls down because as Tandra points out, she's not even a, a demon, a part of the Demon Slayer Corps, so he just legit drops her mid air. Tandra luckily catches her. Uh, the last girl, um, I'm forgetting her name, but it's a it's a blue eyed blue. Uh, I think it's I or O E I or something like that. It's something with an A. I just can't remember. Yeah, uh, she starts with a. she gets captured because she's she actually was at a point in time part of the Demon Slayer Corps, but she had retired to work in the Butterfly Mansion. And so Tangan is like, I'll take her. I can use her. And she's and Tanjo is like, no, man, she doesn't want to fight. Like, you can't disrespect her choices. Uh, and, and and if you try to take her, we will try and fight you. And Tangan, for a second, she's like, you know what? Instead of taking her, I'll take you guys. You seem willing. That's what he does. He doesn't. I mean, they don't necessarily volunteer. I mean, at least that that might how he did it in the manga, but that's not what he did in anime. Because it was literally like instead of take her, take us, we'll go in her oh, okay. place. I that's might, what he, that's might, what they said. I might be. I might. I might be mis- mixing it up. But you could be right because I, I could have sworn <laughs> that's how it happened. Yeah, but um. So yeah. In, anyways, instead of old girl going, they're gonna take his place. The trio, our trio, they're gonna take his place. But it was just interesting to find out that that's how they end up going to the dim- in- entertainment district. I, I mean, me personally, I thought it was just gonna be you know another mission that they was gonna get sent on. But this seems like another situation where you know in the wrong place at the wrong type. You know, type in in the wrong place at the wrong time type situation where they showed up at the butterfly mansion at the same time that the sound hasher was there trying to kidnap women apparently yeah. <laughs> and instead of you know letting him kidnap women they you know they was like hey don't take the women we'll go in a place instead 
um, which is, you know, kind of commendable for them. You know, they, they looking up for the women, the women's. But um, I mean, it is what it is mm-hmm. at this point. You know, they, they don't know what they was getting. They, it, even crazy about that. They didn't even ask what the mission was. <laughs> they was just like, you know, we'll go for them instead I mean, in their place. I mean, there are heroes. <laughs> that nine times out of ten, they go take the job. I guess. I mean, especially Tanjiro. Ten, ten, ten times out of ten, Tanjiro is like, "What demons? I'm there." <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I feel just at some point, you know, you can at least could actually, you know, hey, by the way, you know, um, what is, what, 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 is what we doing? That would been smart. What we going? <laughs> that would have been smart. But as we know, like, as we know, uh, Tanjiro is a. A jump in head first type guy. Literally. He tries to headbutt Tangan before yeah. he does anything. Like, uh but it'll um yeah. it's gonna be interesting, I think, uh, for everyone to get to meet Tangan. He's obviously a full character and Yeah. Uh I mean, just from what we got to see from you no know, small clips of him from this episode alone, I already can tell this man is a fool, a straight fool. Um another interesting effect about Tangan is that he used to be a shinobi. In their world, I didn't even know they had snobbies in their world, but I mean, it apparently is, they do. It is but, um, feudal type era Japan, so well, yeah. That, I mean, in, you you are, you are correct. Feudal area, I guess, because they have trains, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so apparently, you know, Tegan used to be a shinobi, and he was so tired of that, you know, secret life and pent up life, and you know, just I guess just leaving a secret, you know, honorable way that now he's flamboyant. Quote, unquote, how he quoted it was, you know, all the feelings inside of him burst out. And now he's the person he is today. Flamboyant as hell. <laughs> yeah, but um, it is what it is. But he, he definitely is going to be seen like he's an interesting character to see. We did not get to you know see him fight today, which was unfortunate. Um, but hopefully, you know, next episode we get to see him fight I mean, a demon or two because we still don't know how they're going to depict the sound, like, the sound Hashira moves and stuff like that yeah. of the sound breathing. So we're still waiting on to see that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see. So next episode. We're gonna, you know, we're going to the entertainment district, everybody. So, you know, we're finally here. It's been a long, long wait sitting through the movie train arc movie again, but at least now we can actually finally start giving a little bit more substance on our Demon Slayer sections of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one last thing we want to talk about on, for Demon Slayer for this um, episode before we end is the new intro. There's, you know, we got another intro for the season two. Um, how did you like it, McMillian? So I think it's not bad. It does not hit as hard as uh, Garinge, which, uh, which is the first opening. But I think visually it is very nice. I think it sets a tone. It's just not as much as a banger as that first opening. You really, It's really hard to beat that first opening, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, now that I think about it, it's... Uh, and it's always hard for animes to beat their first intro because for whatever reason, their first intro is always their bangers, like their staple yeah. of their of their show. You, there are some so it's exceptions. definitely always hard to to top their first intro. Yeah, some exceptions to that rule. I feel like eighty six is season two. Uh, well, okay, wait, well, I'll give you that because eighty six season two intro does slap. I'll give you that. That just slaps. So I'll give you that. Yeah, but I'll have to agree as well, yeah, though. It's hard on to beat the, that first one. Yeah, I I have to agree with you as well, though. On the the Demon Slayer intro, though, visually, it, it looks amazing. It does look good. I just think just um the actual music itself, it doesn't slap as hard as, a, as the other one. I would agree on that. But visually, though, the, the intro, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's time to rate this episode. Um, I think this is a 
seven and a half, maybe seven and a half to an eight. Um, reason being, this weekend introduced to a new Hashira. Uh, we get to see Muzan interact with Akaza, a huge like, which is a huge, I think, a big uh, building point to just Muzan as a character to show one how threatening he is. The fact that he's the command because I feel like with Akaza's introduction, a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, this is the third upper room." What the rest like? Yeah, we forget that there's a boss ahead of everybody. So it's like <laughs> getting to see Muzan actually like do anything is I feel like somewhat interesting because it's like, yo, you barely we we know you're the reason the story is happening, but we barely get to see you. Yeah. So and then before I, before you keep going on that, it's also does Mugen have the power to shape shift? Because yeah, you no. Know, all well, all, the of, all the all demons have the power to morph their body to a certain degree but it seems like muzan fully has it to me at least muzan fully has like control of over it yeah because you know at, you know at the end of you know last season we saw him in a female body and then at the beginning of this season he's a, a little boy now so it's just like yeah it seems to me like he's at, not to touch on it too much because like i said we're kind of in the closing but it seems mm-hmm. to me that muzan switches his form to, based on what he needs to do at the moment. At that moment. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. I can see I can definitely see that for a guy like Muzin. Cuz I think the reason yeah. he's un, he's these like I think these people might be based on the conversation they were having uh at the beginning of the episode of the family that took him in. I think they might be into like medical research or something like that concerning how they were talking about like we're going to try and find a cure for this kid's skin condition. Yeah. So Yeah, but okay. um uh, to kind of close up what I was saying, I think this is like a seven and a half or an eight due to the fact of like the the building we the world building we got the interaction we got to see between like Tanjiro and um, the Rengoku family. Overall, the, the ramifications that the like I said the fact that we switched from sorrow to levity in like a snap and it didn't feel terrible. Like it it Demon Sayer is at where it's supposed to be at and it's continuing steadily. I'm just excited to, for the rest of this stuff to come. But this was a great beginning. Like correct. No okay. Um, I'll probably have to give it about an eight. Um, you no, know, it's starting off with the Muzan and Kaza interaction for all the reasons you know you just named yourself. I'm not gonna go too deep into that because you already talked about that. Um, two, we got the introduction of the sun breathing technique, and you know, which is based, you know, apparently the origins of all the breathing techniques in the Demon Slayer Court. So that was just like a huge lore drop right there, and then. Now, a, a big reason for me as well from this episode was how I mentioned earlier, you know, he went to one of the reasons he went to Rogoku House was also to read the Flame Hashira Chronicles book to find out more about the Hinokami Kagura. Mm-hmm. And now that book has been completely destroyed. So now he has to find out other ways to learn about it. And so and I'm definitely interested to find out what, what is going to be the other way that Tanjiro learns more about the Hinokami Kagura technique and, you know, and just further improve on that. So I'm definitely interested to see that mm-hmm. as well as just it's it's season two i mean it's finally, it's here. finally here i i, I can't, <laughs> can't say nothing else than that it's, it's finally here we finally waited this episode was you know it's pretty much what i imagined this first episode to be you know i wasn't looking for too much action in this episode i didn't expect there to be too much action in this so i i did expect one small thing that i didn't get this episode was i thought we was going to see one small clip of the sound Hashira killing a demon or something, just like you know, like a baby demon or something like that. I just I thought we'd just get like a small clip like that. We did not get that. I'm not sad. I'm not too sad about that. You know, that's not the end all be all. But like, but like that's the only thing that you would, I, you would have wanted that I, that I expect that yeah that I wanted from this episode that I didn't get to see. 
But um, other than that, I mean, it was a good episode, and then especially for the fact that, <laughs> that I got to see, oh, <laughs> uh, that I got to see um Haganzuka act a fool again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that was amazing. But um, yeah. so that's yeah. I mean, that's the end of Demon Slayer. Um, it was there any weekly anime news that you wanted to talk about? Um, anime slash manga news. Not necessarily. Uh, no, I haven't heard about any other new animes or uh, getting confirmed quite yet. Um, but please, you guys, uh, part six of JoJo's is out. If you are a JoJo fan, I highly. It's so good. This season so good so far. Um, please go ahead and give it a check out. Check it out. If you're not a JoJo's fan, uh, you know, consider checking it out. All the whole, all the whole series is on Netflix right now. You can legit straight binge it. Don't skip any parts. We don't encourage that here. <laughs> I haven't watched JoJo's yet. I'm gonna start it. It's it's in the quay. I'm gonna start it up eventually. Um, I don't know when, but it is definitely on my list as one of the animes to watch. It's, yeah, it's, you, you, gotta, you gotta check it out, Alex. It's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it and how good it is and stuff like that. And it's just, I think one of the main things that really started turning me off from jojo's earlier was like all the clips i saw from like the episodes not the episodes the anime in general on you know social media stuff like that and i guess it's kind of a pun in the show's name but they were just all so bizarre and stuff like that i'm just like what is i'm just like what is going on in this show I just like every time I see a clip or something, I'm just so lost and so confused. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. It lo- it looks nice, like visually, <laughs> it look it looks nice. Like don't get it visually looks nice, but I, I'm just so lost every time I see a clip from that anime, and it's just like I have no idea what's going on. But eventually, I do, I do plan on starting it up eventually, though. Right. I just don't know when. Okay. But um. All right, we'll go ahead and take us out, McMillian. All right, guys, as always, thank you guys for attending the meetings. Um, if you wanna, if you're listening to this on our, any of our streaming service, consider hitting that follow slash subscribe button. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and leave any comments about you know stuff that you would have, uh, you know, maybe we didn't touch upon or that you thought we should have like hit up or like something you want to talk about more. Um, go ahead and also if you enjoyed us, you know, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe, uh, consider doing that. If you want to stay up to date with us, uh, please consider following our social medias. Uh, we are the Grand Otaku's on Twitter and on Instagram. We are Grand Otaku Council. Um, and as always, uh, this has been our meeting. Um, signing off. Uh, we well meeting adjourned, I should say. So signing off, guys. Peace. Peace. Can I stay?